Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. This morning, it's our great privilege to, to step into the new year. This is our first Sunday for the year, and it is so important that we start it with the Lord. Amen? And we shared previously, the last Sunday of the year, uh, last year we shared about how, how Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's got the first word, and he's got the last word. And we want our lives to be in between the Alpha and the Omega, centered on Christ. Amen? And so I just want to uh, highlight to you from, uh, from the crossover service, and for the year coming, the prophetic sense that we felt for this year is that this year is our year of sonship. This is our year of sonship. That's right. And we shared about the implications of that. Many of us are children of God. We're born again, but we don't understand how that begins to impact our lives significantly. And the key scripture that we're going to base this on this year is from 1 John 5 verse 4. And then 5, I'm just reading 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So if you're born of God, that means that you have what it takes to overcome the world. Amen. You can look into 2019 expecting to win. You can look into 2019 expecting to win. Amen. And there needs to be an expectation because God meets us at the place of our expectation. And we're going to go in the next couple of weeks in our time of fasting into a series based on faith. And it's called Great Faith. And week after week, we're going to give you foundations and go into the lives of certain, certain people in the scripture to give you a good understanding of how faith works. Why? Because the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. And many times the enemy is not after your life. He's after your faith. Because if he can get your faith, then he can take your life. Amen. It says, above all things, take up the shield of faith wherewith you are able to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. That means any attack of the enemy can be quenched by faith. Faith is a shield. Amen. And it is critical that this year your faith is a winning faith. That it is great faith. Amen. And so we started fasting this morning. I just want to give you a couple of keys with regards to fasting and prayer. And if you haven't started fasting this morning or you felt like, you know, you, you wanted to have breakfast and then start fasting in the service, <laughs> that's all right as well. But let's, let's just understand that fasting is not something that should be optional for Christians. If you're a Christian... You should have fasting as part of your prayer life. Amen. If you've got a prayer life, there is a certain kind of praying called fasting. It is not just dieting. Because I know a lot of people love fasting in the beginning of the year. Because during December, they've been packing up and loading up. And now, instead of spending money on a gym membership, they can just come to church for the first month. Lose their weight and then leave. But fasting is not just a, an exercise, a weight loss program. 
Fasting is a type of prayer. And it is the kind of prayer that makes a man humble himself before God. Amen. So when we are fasting, as a church, we are fasting for 21 days. We are humbling ourselves before God. Amen. When that desire comes, when that thing comes that you're fasting, when that food comes and you set it aside, you are saying that God rules even over my own urges. And many of us last year had issues not because the devil was dealing in our business. It was because our own urges, our own desires had the better of us. The Apostle Paul says, I beat my body. I make it subject so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And so it is one of those things I want to invite all of us to join us in this time of fasting. For some of you, you might be doing a full fast, maybe just water, maybe just, and we spoke, there's a message on the podcast about don't, don't blend. Some of us, we have a blender, you take your chops, you take your <laughs> potato salad, and you blend it and say, I'm on a liquid fast. <laughs> don't do that. Some of us are on a Daniel fast, it's only vegetables. For those of you who are already vegetarians, you can't do that. Some of us are fasting Netflix. Some of us are deleting Facebook and Instagram for 21 days. Because we itch when we, we don't have our social media pro profile. Right? Some of us are fasting negativity and criticism. Because we like to weigh in on things, give our five cents. Don't give any five cents for so the next 21 days. Fast that. Amen. Some of us, we, we, like our personality is depression. We call ourselves, my personality is melancholic. <laughs> melancholic. I like sad music, sad movies, sad people, sad situations, uh, sunsets, just sad things. For 21 days, wake up early in the morning. <laughs> For 21 days, set your heart on Jesus' personality. Amen. It is an opportunity for us to humble ourselves. It says when we humble ourselves, in 1 Peter 5, it says God lifts you up. And many of us are expecting to move from one level of life to the next. It means that you need to humble yourself. If you can humble yourself, God will do the lifting up. You do the humbling yourself. Amen. Number two, if we humble ourselves, Satan flees. It says James in James 4... Verse 6, resist the devil. But before you resist the devil, it says submit to God. Submit to God. If you're able to submit to God, then you are under authority. And anyone who is under authority can be in authority. Amen. As we humble ourselves, you will see demonic chains breaking of your life. I'm, I said if you humble yourself, you will see demonic chains breaking of your life. And some of us, we are free from head to toe. We are free from January to December. But our friend is not free. Our family is not free. Our workplace needs someone to fast for them. And maybe you are in that place where you are perfect and sanctified and everything is good and holy. And you need to actually fast on behalf of Namibia. 
You need to stand in the gap and say that I might not be fasting for my own marriage, but I need to fast for my sister's marriage. Amen. Amen. As we humble ourselves, the bonds of, of, of Satan will be breached and broken. And number three, if we humble ourselves, our doubts are destroyed. The disciples had a man come to them, and the child of that man was sick and needed the child to be delivered of the devil. And they tried everything that Jesus showed them before, but it didn't work. And then the man went to Jesus and said, I took him to those disciples of yours, but they didn't help me. Can you perhaps help? And Jesus said, if you are able to believe, all things are possible. And then he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Afterwards, the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, why could you cast out the devil and we couldn't? And he said, it's because of your unbelief. And then he says, but this kind comes not out, but by prayer and fasting. Your doubts begin to disappear. Tell your neighbor, your doubts disappear. When you fast, maybe your personality is a doubting Thomas. You always identify yourself with Thomas. I'm not the kind of guy. I'm not the kind of Christian that will walk on water. I'm the kind of Christian I need to see before I believe. I need to touch Jesus exactly where he hurts so that I can have my faith girded. That needs to change. Maybe you need to fast. Number four, we humble ourselves and we receive direction. We're at the beginning of the year, and many of us are reading all sorts of books, trying to find direction for our lives. And God is the one who knows the end from the beginning. He knows you inside out, and you need him to give you direction. And fasting helps us to get sensitive enough to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. In the book of Acts chapter 13, it says that as they were fasting and ministering to the Lord in prayer, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Paul, for the work that I've set for them. During this 21-day fast, I prophesy that many of you will be set apart to the things that God has ordained from the time that you were in your mother's womb. Because you are humbling yourself and setting yourself up in a place where God can begin to direct you. In the way that you should go. Number five, we humble ourselves and we are cleansed and restored. Joshua 3 verse 5. The Lord told them, set yourself apart, consecrate yourself because I am going to visit you. And what they did is they consecrated themselves in abstaining from things and in setting themselves apart. Some of you, like I said before, you are part of the coffee cult. Just look straight. <laughs> huh? I want to encourage you during these, these 21 days to set aside your idol. Amen? Hide the coffee maker. Let, let espresso and latte have a back row. Because some of us, we cannot go through our day. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot go through my day, you know, without my coffee. Set aside the coffee. <laughs> the anointing is working. <laughs> right. So join us as we fast. In the beginning of the year, Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. That assumes that you've got plans. 
Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Do you have plans? Are they written down? Or are they just mental plans? Huh? <laughs> it says, if wishes were horses, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. If wishes were horses, beggars would ride. Put your plan to paper. Tell your wife so that she can say, you know, you had this plan in the beginning of the year. <laughs> if you don't have a wife, tell your accountability buddy, whatever. But put your plan on paper. Pa paper does not forget. Amen. Set your plans down. Put a date to it. Put a target to it. Some of us, we're afraid because when we put our expectation up, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. Because last year, I put up a goal. You know, by, by March, Lord, that tall, dark, and handsome guy. <laughs> put your plan on paper nonetheless. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit direct your planning. Commit whatever you do. And your plans will succeed. As you plan, God begins to bless what you have. He always asks, what do you have? What do you have in your hand, Moses? If you've got nothing in your hand, it's a lie. Most of the time, you've got something in your hand. Amen? Those who have no plans are forever doomed to work for those who do. Those who have no vision are forever doomed to follow those who do. Amen? And it could be that your vision is part of what we're doing great. But where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. It means where there is no vision, the people play. Did you play in 2018? Were you a player in 2018? Get a vision. Look at your neighbor and say, get a life. <laughs> Some of us, we gossip too much. We gossip too much. Our, our calling is to supervise other people's lives. Or so we think. Tell your neighbor, get a life. Get your own life. Amen. So this morning, we're stepping into the series. Part one is on the Hebrew believers. How to maintain great faith when the pressures against you are mounting on every side. And it is so important that you realize that faith is not just for miracles. But faith is an anchor. Faith makes you stand in the midst of the storm. Faith makes you come out with a testimony. And it is so important that we start the year understanding that we are going to come at the end having seen the Lord come through on every, every side because our faith is in Him. Amen? And it is so important that we realize this. As we go into this scripture that we're going to deal this morning, you will realize that there's something called don't shrink back. God has no pleasure in those who shrink back. I'm reminded of the time when Moses and the Israelites were before the Red Sea. As they are coming out of Egypt, they thought that, but God, didn't you deliver us from those Egyptians? As they were in front of the Red Sea, camping and singing songs of celebration and freedom, the Egyptians were coming behind them. And immediately the people started to complain to Moses. Did you bring us out here? Couldn't we die in Egypt? Why did we have to come out 20 kilometers? There are no graves here. Did you have to bring us out here to die here? 
And as the Egyptians were pursuing, as their past was pursuing them, God looked at Moses and Moses looked to God and said, Oh Lord, look, the people are complaining. What shall we do? Standing before an open sea. And what did God tell Moses? He said, Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell these people to move forward. Tell them to stop crying and move forward. And then he said, take the staff in your hand and divide the waters. Moses was probably looking, divide the waters. <laughs> you know, many times God is expecting you to take strides and take steps of faith. Amen. He is excited when we risk for the sake of Jesus. Amen. How many of your parents, you get excited when your kids are confident about mom and dad? Imagine overhearing your child saying to his little brother, never mind, don't ask, don't ask dad because there's nothing there. <laughs> he can't do it. No, but I believe that he can do it. No, he can't do it. Don't ask because you'll even bring some issues. <laughs> Many of us, we are like that. Don't ask God because, you know, he's tired and he's busy. So, so this is a bit too big for him. No. He wants us to be bold. It says, come boldly to the throne of grace. So that you may receive grace, unlimited favor, unmerited favor, and mercy in your time of need. Jeremiah 3 verse 22. Just take us back there. This is an issue that you'll hear a lot. People are backsliding. Backsliding. You ask someone, do you know the Lord Jesus? Yes, but I've backslidden. That means at one time I was hot. I was hot for Jesus, hot and on fire for Jesus. But now I'm cold and retracted. Jeremiah 3 verse 22 says, Return, you backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. Indeed, we do come to you, for you are the Lord our God. You can come to a place where you don't have to backslide. The book of Proverbs says that the path of the righteous is brighter and brighter. If you are backsliding and forward sliding, then it's brighter and darker. Today is brighter. Tomorrow is darker. Today is brighter. Tomorrow is even brighter. Then it's darker. No. But you have to decide in your heart. Tell your neighbor, make a decision. Don't be a K-Sera-Sera type of Christian. Whatever will be, will be. As much as it's a nice song, it's not for you. Amen? You choose whom you will serve. I said before you, life and death, blessings and curses. Choose ye today whom you will serve. As for me and my house. As for me and my house and my children, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Right, so let's get into, into our series this morning. We are going to read from Hebrews. Chapter 10, if you have your Bible. I just want to encourage you to have a Bible. 
because in church we tend to show you the PowerPoint that is here. But you need to have a relationship with your Bible. The book of Hebrews is written to Hebrew believers. The Hebrews are the Jews, the original chosen people of God, and they're chosen as a as a as a a means through which God will bring his revelation, specific revelation, not the way he generally, generally revealed himself to everyone through creation, but specific revelation. That came through the Jewish nation. So he chose Abraham, and out of Abraham came Isaac, and Isaac, Jacob, and out of Jacob, Jacob has 12 sons, and those are the, the, the Israelites. They become the Hebrews. And it says that salvation is of the Jews, but Jesus, he had a plan to bring salvation to all the nations. Amen? That is why we are in church. How many of you are, are born from Jewish parents? None. So we are all Gentiles. Amen? So the book of Hebrews is written to the Hebrews to tell them that there is something greater that came after what Moses gave them. Because they had Moses, they had the law, they have the prophets, they have the temple, and they have the, the sacrifices, and they have the ceremonies, and they have the priesthood. And all of that was their method of relationship with God. Do you understand? And so now, here comes Jesus. He is supposed to represent a priesthood, but he is not even from the correct tribe. The priests only come from the tribe of Levi, sons of Aaron, and here is Jesus. He's from the tribe of Judah. He doesn't qualify, according to Jewish law, to be a priest and represent us. And here comes Jesus, and he begins to say that I am greater than Abraham. I am greater than Moses. I am greater than the law. In fact, I am the fulfillment of the law. And this is what led them to say that he was committing blasphemy. He claimed to be the very son of God. Now the book of Hebrews begins to take us through. And it starts and it says that in the beginning, God spoke to us in different ways. And he spoke to us through the prophets. And he spoke to us through different ways. But now he speaks to us through his son. And then after that, he begins to say that the son is superior to the angels because the law came through the hands of angels. And it was given to Moses. And then he says, the next chapter, that Jesus is superior to Moses. And then it says, Jesus is superior to the Sabbath. He is our Sabbath. And then it says, Jesus is superior to Aaron's priesthood. He is of the order of Melchizedek. And then he begins to go into the sacrificial system and it says that the blood of Jesus is superior to the blood of bulls and goats and birds. And it says that the covenant that Jesus brings is superior to the covenant that they had. So that means he is now encouraging us to say that what you have is better than anything you will find anywhere else. Amen. And then he comes to chapter 10 and he begins to speak about the new covenant. And then he begins to say that if you turn away 
from this Jesus. You are sinning willfully against the blood of Jesus. Against the sacrifice that he made for, him, for you. And there remains no other sacrifice for sins except the fearful expectation of judgment. Why? Because if this is the way in and you do not take it, you will be outside. And it is not because God wants you outside, but it's because you have rejected the way that God has made to give you access. This is why there cannot be many ways to God. There cannot be Islam. There cannot be Hinduism. And then Confucianism. And Buddhism. And Hare Krishnism. And atheism. And there cannot be many ways to God. Like Oprah says. And Eckhart Tolle. There cannot, there cannot be many ways to God. Jesus when he was on the earth he said I am the way. The truth and the life. No man, no man will come to the Father except through me. Why is that the case? Because it's not a matter of following a way. It's a matter of birth. The way in is through bloodline. You must be born into this royal family. You cannot just come in the house still in and say I'm a member. And begin to partake of the benefits. The whole realm, the whole spiritual realm recognizes this. They know if you are sitting in church, they know who is a child of God and who is not. They know who is sitting here today and they are just pretending. They grew up in the garage so they think they are a car. <laughs> but just because you grew up in church does not make you a Christian. You must be born again. Marvel not. Don't be surprised that I tell you, you must be born again. And born again is not a church. Born again is real born again. Because flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. This is what Jesus said to a religious leader that thought he was in. He said, unless you are born again, you cannot enter. You will not even see the kingdom of God. There is, this is not a matter of arguments and, and debates and now I think I have the right knowledge and I'm doing these things for God. No. The way to God is narrow. And few are on it. The way to destruction is wide. And many are those who be on it. Watch your life. Tell your neighbor, make a choice. Whom you will serve. Don't give me your excuses throughout the year. No, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Don't tell me I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Make a choice. Make a choice. Come into the family and begin to grow. Amen? Okay, let's read. Hebrews 10, verse 32. It says, remember those early days. Now, this is what happens. These Jewish believers started getting persecuted. Because they left Judaism and they are following the way. And the way, which is Jesus and Christianity, is controversial. Why? Because it seems to go against the whole tradition. It is going against Moses. It is going against the, the tabernacle. It is going against the priesthood. It is going against the sacrifices. The whole thing. Now you want to join that thing. All your business contracts will be cancelled. This is what was happening. Real persecution was coming for following Jesus. You will be removed from the synagogue. Your name will be removed from the bench. 
that family, the Shippens, out. They've gone to follow that Jesus. Amen? And this was what happened. And it says, remember those early days after you had received the light, when you endured a great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and at other times you stood by side, you stood side by side with those who were treated so, and you suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Do you see here? They were literally taken. You have land, give it here. If you are not in, the, in this group and you are with Jesus, you lose. And you will get imprisoned and you will be persecuted. Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. It says that you endured, you endured all these things because you knew what you had in Christ was better than the properties that they were taking from you. And then he says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For just in a little while, he who is coming will come. And will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. But to those who have faith and are saved. And so the apostle Paul is speaking to this community of believers and telling them there is no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind No turning back. No going back. No going back. No going back to the past. And it is so important that as we're talking about faith over the next couple of weeks, you need to realize that your faith needs to be unwavering. And this is the thing. It is not faith in just hoping to get what you want. It is faith in a person. It is confidence in Jesus. Now, how many of you understand that the reason why many, why many people are weak in faith is because they don't know whom they are trusting? That's all. If you knew this Jesus whom we preach, if you understood who he was and what he's done for you, you will not look elsewhere. You will not look elsewhere. You will keep your eyes fixed on him as the author and the finisher of your faith. And this is what needs to happen this year. We must come to a place where we begin to realize that it's Jesus and Jesus only. That you don't mix in your own things, but you realize that if I've got Jesus, I've got everything. Amen? This is true. This is true. And many times you are faced in situations where doubts want to come in the back door and begin to ask questions in the face of God. And this is what happened when Jesus started telling many of his disciples that were following them, more than the 12. And he said to them, look, if you want life in me, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they said, what kind of teaching is this? We already left Moses. We already left the sacrifices. Now it's cannibalism. This is a hard teaching. I cannot follow this thing. 
And Jesus didn't say, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. I, what I actually mean <laughs> is communion. He didn't stop. He said, if you, if you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no part in me. You have no life in yourselves. And the guys are like, yeah, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. And many of the disciples left Jesus that day. And what happened? Jesus looked at the 12. And he said, the others have left. Do you also want to leave? If you want to leave, go. <laughs> and Peter said, we, we sold our boats. <laughs> we left our parents. We gave up everything for you. Where else can we go? You have the words of life. And this needs to be our confidence. As we go through the next couple of weeks talking about faith, don't let your faith become the thing that you put your faith in. It's not faith in your faith. Yeah, Don't believe in yourself. There's this whole thing of, no, just believe in yourself. No, <laughs> don't believe in yourself. Don't believe. Yourself will take you to hell. Yourself has made you do many evil things to people. Don't believe in yourself. Don't. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you believe in him, then you will trust in him and you will follow him. It is just the natural outworking of faith. Now these are keys that I want us to remember this morning. Number one, our faith is strengthened as we remember our testimony. Remember your testimony. In verse 32 of chapter 10 in Hebrews, it says, Remember the former days when you used to stand strong in the midst of persecution. It didn't matter who took what. It didn't matter that you had to stand with those who, who were also in prison and persecution. Persecuted. It didn't matter that you were losing your friendships over your Christianity. It didn't matter that you were not as popular at work because you are a Christian, a real Christian. But as you remember your testimony, it will become something that encourages you to look forward and say that if the Lord has not failed me yet, he will not fail me in the future. Amen? Some of us need to have that in our core. And this is why one thing that I want to encourage you this year is praise God. Let your praise be on an all-time high. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him when the cows come home or when they don't. Pra praise him if the sun shines. Or praise him. Why? Because those who praise him are always abounding in thanksgiving and faith. But the complainers and the murmurers. You, do you know that in, in hell... In the lake of fire, there is a group called the murmurers and the cowards. Did you know that? Because you thought that you don't commit adultery, you don't steal, you just murmur. <laughs> but Jesus had to deliver you from damnation because of that murmuring. Choose today and say, uh, 2019, I'm not going to murmur. Yeah? There's a saying that says, if, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. Amen. Wisdom. <laughs> but don't let it stop there. 
Because if you don't say anything at all for a long time, that devil will talk on your behalf and you'll still end up in trouble. Amen? Learn to say something good. So your testimony is critical. It says sometimes we have faith in the future, we must remind ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past. And if you believe that God has not done anything, you just have not been paying attention. Amen? Count your blessings, name them one by one, and you'll be surprised what the Lord has already done. So remember your testimony. Tell your neighbor, remember your testimony. Abound in praise. Number two, remember your reward. In verse 35 to 36, it says that you didn't care about everything that you were losing for the sake of Christ because of what you were gaining. Reward number one, don't think of a mansion in heaven. Reward number one is your fellowship with Jesus. <sighs> if you understand that Jesus is God, then you will understand that your association your association, your partnership with Jesus, your marriage to Jesus is your greatest reward. Amen? If you're in a good marriage, you will understand. Anyway, that's for another Sunday. <laughs> so you must understand that as you marry Jesus, Phil, come here. As you... <laughs> come here, Jojo. Philip and Jojo just came back from honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> you can hold hands in church. <laughs> you are married now. <laughs> so as they got married, all the things that belong to the husband. Amen? Regardless of the matrimonial property regime. <laughs> all the things that belong to the husband belong to this one. Amen? Wherever he goes, she goes. Amen? He is the one who is responsible to protect her. Do you see? So imagine if she was just looking at what he has. What would we call her? A gold digger. There's a song that we don't sing in church. Huh? The youth will know it. Yeah? So how many gold diggers of Jesus are there not? I just, came, I just came for the possessions. That's all I'm talking You may be seated. Continue to hold hands. And many, many believers are just gold diggers. They are just there for the possessions. And I'm telling you, selling yourself short. Because there's something better than the possessions. It's not that Jesus is broke. Just by the way. He got the gold. He said the silver is mine. The gold is mine. The cattle on a thousand years. It's all mine. Right? So he's got the gold. So he's not saying, just come for me and my passion. Mm -mm. He's got the gold. But you don't want just the gold. You want his heart. That is the greatest reward. Amen? And then it says, while our outward man perish, Corinthians, our inward man is being renewed daily. That is why when you walk by faith, you will always have joy in your heart. Why? Because you see something that others do not see. You are living your life from a foundation of what others cannot know. Amen? And it gives you confidence to take actions that others will not. Amen? Number three. So, number one, remember your testimony, praise. Number two, 
Remember your reward, especially your marriage to Jesus. Tell your neighbor, I'm married to Jesus. Leave me alone, Satan. All right, then number three. Remember your Savior. He who is coming will come. You must understand that this life, for some of you, you think, yeah, but Jesus has, has not been around. It's been 2018, 2019 years. You know, we are still waiting on the second coming of the Lord. That only applies to those who live for 2,000 years. Others have only lived for 50 years and they've gone to meet Jesus. And it says it is appointed for man to die once and then to face judgment. Amen. You will meet Jesus if he doesn't come. It says that not all of us will die. Those of us who are alive when Jesus comes will be transformed. But those who have died will be raised to life. Amen. If, if you do not manage to live for 2,000 years or more to wait for Jesus, if you die today, you are, meeting, you are meeting him, either as a savior or as a judge. Amen? Tell your neighbor, is he your savior or is he your judge? It says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we warn men. Nowadays, you don't hear about hell in the, pub, in the pulpit anymore. And some are trying to bring out all sorts of revelations about how hell is earth. It's like the struggles we are going through in life. Oh, man, you have not seen hell. <laughs> this is heaven compared to hell as bad as your life may be here. Amen? There is definitely a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. But remember that we are not after the gold digging. We are after the Lord. Who wants to go to a heaven of a Jesus that they don't like? You can join that other guy. So remember, number four, remember who you are. It says we are not of those who shrink back. You need to have something that you say about yourself. You can say to yourself, I'm not a backslider. I'm not a backslider anymore. Amen. And the devil will tell you, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> I know. I saw you. Mm -mm. Let your words be spoken in faith. Amen. We are not of those who shrink back, but of those who believe and are saved. So let us stand this, this morning. Wherever you are, I want to encourage you to take time now and remember what God has done for you and it will begin to set you up for the future. If he's been good to you in the past, he'll be good to you in the future. It wasn't because of how great you were, it was because of how great he is. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And therefore, in 2019, he will not change. If he was faithful in 2018, he will be faithful in 2019. Amen. So let's just begin to raise our hands to the Lord. Begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have the words of life, oh God. We put all our faith in you, Lord. 
All my trust is in the Lord Most High, maker of heaven and earth. He who sits on the seat of grace, he who died on the cross for me, no other Savior do I know but Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I'm married to Jesus, that I belong to Jesus. He is my reward. Thank you, Lord, that 2019 is a year of great favor, great faith, great grace, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that it's not faith in my own faith, it's faith in you, Lord. It's faith in you, Lord. A faithful God. A faithful God. Even when we are unfaithful, He is faithful. He remains faithful to us. No matter what may come, we are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus who loved us. No matter what may come, we will overcome in 2019. Faith is rising up this, this morning. Faith is rising up this morning in our midst in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for confidence, Lord. Confidence, Lord God. The kind of confidence that makes the, 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 the half Christians uncomfortable. The kind of confidence that makes the unsaved amazed. The kind of confidence that says that I serve a living God in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we prophesy in the name of Jesus, Lord. At this year, our faith will be built on a solid rock, Lord. Father, we prophesy in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we are of those who do not shrink back, Lord God. We are of those who take hold of the promises and see them come to pass, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this year we are going to grow in our revelation of sons and daughters, Lord God. We are growing in our maturity in Christ, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that this year we will see brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter brighter revelations on our path lord in the mighty name of jesus i just sense the lord saying that there are people here in 2018 your marriage was a hell your marriage was hell and god is saying do not give up because this year i will turn things around for you in your marriage believe me says the lord is anything too hard for me? And so, Father, I pray, Lord, I pray that you'll bring transformation. Transformation in marriages this year. In the mighty name of Jesus. Some of you, you're looking into 2019 and you've heard what the economic uh, indicators were saying and the forecasts are not good. It doesn't matter what the forecasts are saying. Who is the Lord that is with you? Yes, whose pocket supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus where there's been unbelief in the area of finances. Lord, we repent this morning of that in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we look at El Shaddai, the one who is all-sufficient, Lord God. We look at Jehovah Jireh, the one who is our provider, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are still in charge of our lives, Lord God. And you are not in a recession and in a depression, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus. So Father, as we go this week, in this time of fasting, Lord, I pray for divine encounters. 
I pray for visitations of the Spirit. I pray, Lord, that promotion will take place in the realm of the Spirit, in the name of Jesus. I pray that bondages will be broken, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I pray for divine protection, Lord God. I pray that there will be divine turnarounds, Lord, in our lives, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that there will be new revelation of the Word of God, Lord. That our prayer life will deepen, Lord God. That our faith will strengthen, Lord God. That we'll see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living, Lord God. That we'll begin to experience your great grace, Lord, in these next 21 days. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We exalt you. We magnify you. You are good, Lord. We bless you this morning. And all God's children shout hallelujah. 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 Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.